Tonight's year is sponsored by the Nishmas Leia Henyabas Rebinyamin. The outside. Tonight is Chai Elul. The 18th day of the month of Elul. Extremely auspicious day. And that is the birthday of the two great illuminaries, the Baal Shem Tov and the first Chabad Rebbe, the Alter Rebbe. This week, Shabbos, Pashat Kisovei. This Matzah Shabbos Kedish, the Ashkenazim, the Ashkenazic communities join our Sephardic brethren in the recital of the Slichos, what they would call Selichot. which in itself is a very, very interesting and beautiful thing. As we said, this week, we are starting to near in at the end of the year, and therefore this week is paid Gimel and Dalid, which Gimel and Dalid, the letters Gimel and Dalid together have tremendous ramifications. And um, I don't know if I ever spoke about it before. In the family we have a uh, Mechutin, who wrote a book, or a few books, a few responses, on the Gimel Dalit concept. honor of <coughs> Chayel and also this week began with Tezvovel Tezvovel the Siastus of Tem Chetimimim take out stuff in the bags please uh, maybe we should put it up on a plate or something good, good plate good plate good plate Pashki Sovei is also known for the Teichecha. The Teichecha being the opposite of blessings. Pashki Sovei, unlike the previous Pashias, only has six mitzvahs. Hold on, 
conference-wise. If there's a problem, um, text me. Thank you. So six mitzvahs this week. Three mitzvahs say, three mitzvahs lay say. But Kisave basically is known for its teichecha, for the klolis, And the most famous story of the Teichas of Pashki Savai has to do has to do actually with the Alter Rebbe, the first Chabad Rebbe. As the Alter Rebbe used to be the Balkhera in the shul, used to lane every week. His son. The Mitla Rebbe was not the strongest, not the greatest of health. One year the Alter Rebbe was not in town, and the Mitla Rebbe heard the Kriya from somebody else. There was another Balkhari. When he heard these opposite of the Brachas, the Teichachah, The Mitzvah Rebbe physically fainted. He fainted and it took quite a task to revive him. He was only a child. I don't know what's going on here. They can't see me. Why? Because you don't have a good Skype, that's why. You have a weak Skype, that's the problem here. That's why you can't see me. But thank you for the text. Um, oh, this is real. It's plastic. The child became so ill when Yom Kippur came around 
it was doubtful if he could fast. They asked him, you've heard the Teicha so many years, why now? Why did you get so sick from it? Why did you get so ill from it now? So we see, so they asked him, why is it that you never fainted before? And the Midler Rebbe answered, when my father would read the Teichacha, I didn't hear any curses. I only heard blessings. Although if we read the translation, the English translation, or the Hebrew, or the Yiddish translation of the Teichacha, you'll see indeed they are not blessings at all. But when the Alter Rebbe read it, Mitler Rebbe said, all I heard was brachas from my father's mouth. is a Lashon of Simcha. In contrast, Vayihi is a Lashon of Tsar. Vahaya signifies happiness. And when the Pasuk starts Vayihi, it's a bitter time. And if you want to go back in archives, you can hear and this year when we talk about Bishalak Parai, you'll hear how we describe Vayihi Bishalak Parai as Sa'am, how Vayihi is a hard, a very sad time. But Vahaya Kisavay al Vahaya is a very happy moment. It is a happiness and you will enter into the land of Israel. You know, perhaps on Skype we're going to down. We're going to shut you down a moment. I'm going to recall you. Which could be the problem. Rashi tells us. Rashi tells us <coughs> and the Pasuk finishes you will inherit and you will settle in there 
it didn't work. Rashi tells us, Magid from here we learn, Shainizchaivu bikurim at shikibshu as harats vikakua. The mitzvah of bikurim, of taking the first fruits and bringing them to Yerushalayim Mirakadesh, is the mitzvah that the Pasha then begins to talk about. For the kachta mereshis kalpriya adama. You take from the first of your fruits. And you bring them to the Holy Land. And then there's an entire vidui, a confession that a person has to say as he comes before the Kayin. Rashi tells us a very interesting phenomenon. That the fruits were only obligated to be brought once the entire land was conquered. However, the Sifri tells us, V'hoya kisave elaretz, ein v'hoya elamiyad. When we say V'hoya, and it'll come to pass, it's an immediate reaction. It means immediately. Which is a total contradiction to what Rashi just told us. Whereas Rashi is telling us, they had to wait until the land was conquered and divided, the Sifri says, it means immediately, you have to immediately take your Bikurim as soon as you settled. The Rebbe then goes on to explain in that case, there were two ways one could have been obligated to bring Bikurim. The first of which was after, as we said before, everyone had settled in the Holy Land. Everyone owned their property. Everyone had their own homes. Everyone had their own land. Everything was conquered and the Israeli Jews were now settled in the Holy Land. And the second was that each one individual person, as you got your property... As you got, as you moved into your home, you now had the obligation to bring your bikurim. You didn't have to wait until the next one did so. Therefore, we must say the sifri when it says v'hoya ein v'hoya elav miyad. When it says Vahaya means immediately. The Sifri is of the opinion, the second opinion. Each Jew, as he moved into his home and settled in, he had to bring his Bikurim, Miyat. Vahaya Kisavaya Laretz.
We still don't understand this though. Even according to the second opinion, which goes after the seven years of conquering, they didn't move into the houses until they conquered. It took seven years to conquer the land and seven years to divide up the land. Therefore, 14 years was in essence the original opinion. In that case, what's Vahoya mean miyad? How could it mean miyad? It's still after seven years regardless. We can say therefore perhaps that according to the Sifri Bikurim was not like other mitzvahs that had to do with the Holy Land. Of the other mitzvahs, the Leket, the Shikha, the Peya, etc. Bikurim was different. Because the obligation was only after the actual division and inheritance of the land, of the settlement in the land. By the other mitzvahs, by Bikurim was not as such, says the Sifri. By Bikurim was Miyad. Immediately as they entered the land, and the condition where it says, Virashta Vishaftabo, This wasn't something that was ultimately the cause and effect. This was just to take off any obstacles. You can't give Bikurim if you don't own a field. You can't go into someone else's field and give Bikurim, take their first fruits. Therefore the Miyad meant in essence as soon as you were capable of doing so. As soon as you had moved in, as soon as you had owned your property, you were able to do so. There we go. Hold on. Whoops. Um, oh, I pushed the wrong button. One second, folks. I have an incoming. Don't send voice messages. You can see. What did I just lose? Oh, uh, uh, uh. yeah. That's what I feel like. Okay, did I get everybody back here? No, we're missing somebody. So annoying. We need to share the Skype in a in a in a. Okay. Okay. I hope we have everybody back on. Um, Atlanta, Georgia, welcome to the Shear. I don't know if the cat's there, I can't see what's going on. But you don't have to send me voice messages if you can text me. Okay. There are many different phenomenons that Taylor sometimes comes up with.
Pasuk tells us in this week's Pasha, Atem Reisim Yosin, all that the Almighty did in your eyes. And the Pasuk goes on to say, Vilainasan, Hashem, Lachem, Leiv, Ladas, Enayim, Nireis, Enayim, Nishmeah, Adayim, Azan, till this very day. this very day Rashi comments on this very day finally you finally were able to recognize the Chazde Hashem the greatness and the kindness of the Almighty and attach yourself to Him at this point in Chumash Devarim is first when you're going to tell me this we found many places that the Jews found this. They found worthiness to praise God on miracles that happened. We know that the mere essence of The Jews saw what happened by Egypt. The Jews saw what happened by Yamsuf. And there was a reaction to the action. Oz Yashir Mesha, they sang praise. And many other different things that happened in the past <coughs> that the Jews praised the Almighty for it. Why all of a sudden do we say now that there's something that happened that's worthy, noteworthy, that the Almighty is finally able to praise and understand and grace the Abishta? We have to take a little play on the words of Rashi. To recognize the Chazdei HaKadosh Baruch and to attach to Him. Miracles happen in many different ways. We have miracles that go beyond, above nature. Miracles that we look at and we don't understand how they coincide with nature. The Rebbe, as the Semach Tzedek did as well, was not one that liked to throw around miracles. There were times, however, as we told a few weeks ago, of the person that avoided the draft, that the Rebbe said, this person needed an open miracle, otherwise he wouldn't understand it, he wouldn't believe it. So there are miracles such as that, and they throw the fear of God into our hearts. And not only do we throw the fear of God in our hearts, but we ultimately praise God and we turn around and we say, wow, God actually miraculously saved us. 
And then there's another form of miracle. The form of miracle that happens and repeats itself and repeats itself and repeats itself. Like the wonderful credit card, the card that keeps giving. What card is that? Amex. Amex is the card that keeps giving? Yeah. Card that keeps giving. Eventually you get used to it so much, you say, <laughs> why pay the bill it's giving me? No, <laughs> But they forget that, they remind you fast enough. What? what? That they stop giving. But there are certain miracles, though, that the Almighty does on a daily basis, and we end up taking it for granted. We wake up each morning, and the Maidani that we say, tremendous, tremendous <coughs> miracle that took place here. An exhausted person went to bed and after a few 14 hours of sleep he's well rested. Tremendous, tremendous feat that takes place. And he therefore tells God, I praise you for what you did giving me back my neshama. It's not easy to praise. We all know that. famous story a woman, let's call her Miriam was very into nature shots she would go with a camera always she had a camera she would find these pictures you ever go to a museum and see a picture of a, the underarms of a, uh, of a grasshopper you know, this person was really, really into this picture, they zoomed in in such and such a is what you want to Very call it. Sorry? No, no, no. <laughs> and she had fantastic pictures. So whenever they would socialize with another couple or family, she'd bring an album of her pictures. And there was one evening, Miriam and her husband were invited to their friends, Chaim and Leah, for dinner. And lo and behold, Miriam, as her MO did, in her tradition, brought her pictures along. Throughout the entire dinner, they were sitting there, she was showing the pictures, and it was fascinating. It was amazing, amazing pictures. They finished eating and the table was cleared away and they're ready to go on their way. As they're ready to leave, the hostess says to Miriam, you know your pictures are fantastic, you must have a really expensive and quality camera. What a slap in the face. A very real slap in the face. How dare you, my camera you're commenting, you're complimenting? I'm the photographer here, you. <laughs> what kind of business is this? Sagana, she didn't want to let this go. <coughs> she didn't want to get away, let the other one get away with it. So as they're leaving, she says, you know, I must tell you, dinner was really delicious. 
You must have a really amazing oven. It was what? I'm sorry. Was delicious. You must have an amazing oven. <laughs> so to compliment is not an easy thing to do, you know. And yet, therefore, <coughs> when the Abishah sees to it, to repeat miracles in such a way that people get used to them, it takes a little bit of effort. These are the miracles that Moshe Rabbein is talking about. I took you 40 years in the desert. Nothing happened to your garments, nothing happened to your feet. You didn't, the bread you didn't eat, the wine you didn't, the old wine. He proved to them the Chazde Hashem HaKadosh Baruch Hu Lidovic And this is therefore the continuation. This is what we say, Hayyem Hazev Antishatim Dvekim Bechvetzim Bamokim. It's on this day therefore, now that you see that you've gone through this, 40 years of natural miracles, phenomenons that took place on a daily basis, you could think actually, wow, this is how nature works. Now I'm showing you, now that you understand the greatness of the Almighty of Avishta. A young couple, very big, Andre. mitzvah doers. Amongst their mitzvahs, the biggest of the mitzvahs was Achnas Serchim. They always had welcome guests. Throughout the countryside was known for his hospitality. He was wealthy and he used his wealth properly. Unfortunately, of all the great blessings that he had, the main blessing that he yearned for, he was deprived. He had no children, Achmanalit's son. It came on Shabbos. On an average Shabbos, you found 20, 30 people around his table. Guests. Then one Shabbos afternoon, This guest must have had his own parkway like some other people I know. They were finishing up their meal. There was a knock on the door. And the man with his knapsack on his back, which as we know cannot carry on Shabbos, and his clothes worn from travel, the dust and the grime was standing there. A Jew, obviously not religious, in Michal Shabbos, a Jew nonetheless, to Rebbe 
This was what was important. And he welcomed him with open, open arms. And he immediately began, he made Kiddush, made, made sure he was able to make Kiddush. He looked after him. He was running circles for this guest. The other guests started to get irate. They started to get upset with the indignation, the chutzpah of this person. How dare this person desecrate Shabbos and walk in here so freely. And you treat him like a king. Rabbi Eliezer was so hurt by the attack that the people had against this person, he went off to a room to cry. For the covet of this person, the honor of this person that walked inside his house on a Shabbos afternoon looking the way he did. Then he realized that if he leaves them outside with the people, they're going to eat him up alive. So he went back out and he took care of his guests again. Rabbi Ezra had a beautiful custom. He wouldn't let his guests leave on Matzah Shabbos. He would keep them over to Sunday, and Sunday, as they would leave, he'd give each guest money for the road. And so too, each guest left, and finally the last guest, the man that had walked in on Shabbos afternoon, was ready to leave. Ebenezer accompanied him on the road, going out of town, and they didn't say a word to each other, the silence between them. Finally the man spoke. And he told him that he was Eliyahu Anavi. And Hashem sent him to test Eliezer. To see what his reaction would be and if his Achnas would come through. And you passed. Therefore, you and your wife will be blessed with a son. You have to teach this son one very important lesson. Don't fear anything or anyone except for Hashem. And with these words, Elio and Abi vanished. Little Yisrael was born a short time later. Yisrael had no desire to be pompous, to be proud, to toot his horn, to show everybody how smart he was, how special, how holy he was. And as he grew up in Bissell as a scholar, he stayed to himself in his own solitude until he received a letter. A letter from the greatest of the generation, 
a man known as Adam Balshem. In his letter, Adam Balshem describes to Yisrael and you the source of his neshama. And by knowing the source of his neshama, thereby telling him that he cannot remain incognito. And he wrote that I heard in the words of the, from our master and teacher, Achi Ashelani, which we know taught the Bashem as well. And he told a story in this, about the city of Tzvas. May it be built in our day. A simple Jew. He knew how to daven. Very simple though to himself. But simple that he would sit and say every night, Tikkun Chatzais. A prayer that you don't say it, you're not saying it right if you didn't cry a half a bucket of tears. A prayer mourning the destruction of the temple. Then one night, saying Tikkun Chatzais, There's a knock on his door. He says, who is it? And the visitor answers, it's Eliyahu Anavi. As Eliyahu Anavi entered the simple dwelling, the room lit up. And as the room lit up, the children awoke and started to dance from joy. And Eliyahu Anavi said to him, I am prepared to teach you the greatest secrets Till the days Mashiach will come. I have one stipulation. One thing I need you to do for me. Tell me please my brother. What great deed did you do on the day of your Bar Mitzvah? And the man turned to him and said to the home. It's a wonderful offer. What I did, I did for God. Nobody gets to hear what it was. And he offered and re-offered and counter-offered. And the fellow said, I'm sorry. I will not reveal what I did. El Yohanavi vanished. As he came up high, Bez and Shamayla went benukas. They went berserk. How do we deal with this? A man was offered such rewards and said, No, I did a mitzvah for the Hashem and only for Hashem. And nobody's going to take that away from me. How do we handle this? And therefore, it was decreed that Elio goes back and teaches him nonetheless. And this he did. And for years, Elio and Avi taught him all the secrets of Tera. But nobody knew the better. Everybody saw this man daily and never realized or knew there was any difference of him yesterday or tomorrow. At an old age, 
The man came up to Gan Eden. Holy and pure as it gets. But all the tale and all the honor and glory that he was given from Eliyahu Anavi got him to the house of the forefathers to sit together with Abraham, Yitzhak, and Yaakov. But the Malachim were not satisfied. They said, The abnegation of this person, the sheer mysterious nefesh, that he was ready to give up everything because he would not divulge the secret of his mitzvah. Where's the reward for that? He deserves something greater than what he has here in Gan Eden. And the decree was in the heavenly world, in the heavenly court, that this holy soul will need to return to the world and reveal its greatness. Now, says of Adam Balshem, as he signs his letter to Yisrael and you, now you know the source of your neshama. And may this new light shine in everyone's heart, glorifying Hashem's name and quickening the coming of the redemption speedily in our days. Thus the Bashem Tov learned the uniqueness of his special soul. The Bashem Tov was five years old, he was orphaned. Another of the stipulations that were made up high. Because although all the angels were propagating that this great soul I have to drive that this great soul come down into the world this great soul reveal the lights there was a satanic side the sultan himself came screaming and yelling why hey tell him he's a minion he's the tenth one why should the world deserve such a thing why should the world get such a reward And therefore it was decided that Hashem will be put to a test. It won't have a carte blanche to just do what it should do. What it can do. And the test was the ultimate test of a child at a young age of five years old Yisrael knew was an orphan neither mother nor father Yisrael was a lover of nature though he loved to walk in the fields in the forest much to the chagrin of his carekeepers of the people that were supposedly looking after him but his father, before he died, which is maybe by three years old, 
taught him the lesson that Aliyahanavi had said to begin with. Fear nothing, Altira, mi pachad pisain. Fear nothing but God Himself. And so it was. Little Yisraelinu was five, six, seven years old maybe. And he was sitting in the forest and he heard a voice. It was a human voice. And he came closer and he saw Yid tied up in a talus and tefillin and davening. But with devotions that were incredible and indescribable. And he watched how this person davened. And just the slavas of the tefillin of this person grabbed, grabbed every muscle in his body. And then as he put together his talus and tefillin, he began to say the Tehillim. And you could see how the man lived with the Tehillim with Dabra Melech himself. After the Tehillim, he sat and learned. And then suddenly, he took all the Svarim, his talus and his tefillin, put it back in his sack. Put the sack over his shoulder. And once again, looked like a simple peddler walking the streets. But before he could walk away, little Yitzhak you stepped out from where he was hiding, and the man saw him and said, what are you doing here by yourself? Aren't you frightened to be in the forest? And he said, my father had taught me, fear nothing but God himself. And the man asked, are you Eliezer's son? And he said, yes, I am. At this point, the man knew who this child actually was. And the man also knew who this neshama was. And the man took out the Gemara Psachim from his sack and started to learn with him. And then he took him along on his journey. He never spoke to him, he never told him his name. But as they wandered from a wild period of time, city to city, down to village, to hamlets, sometimes a few days here, a few weeks longer, the man would study with him every day and took care of everything he needed. He never asked anybody for tzedakah, never got tzedakah from anybody, but always looked after Yisrael and you. One day they came to a small settlement, and the man told him, not far from here in the forest, is a very learned, God-fearing Jew. You're going to stay with him for a while. And he took me to the small hut, and that's where I was dropped off. This man's name was Meirel. And I spent time with Meirel, and we learned the great house mother, and I found out that this was what's called a hidden tzaddik. Remeya. And as I lived in the house of Remeya, I met all the others of the Lamed Vav Tzaddikim of the generation.
And before he was 16 years old, the Baal Shem Tov was already appointed the head of the Lamed Vav Tzadikim, of the 36 hidden Tzadikim, before the age of 16. It was Chayel. Five four seven four, or the year seventeen fourteen. He was in a small village, and the local innkeeper could barely read. But all the local innkeeper would say all day long was Baruch Hashem liyelam, Amen v'Amen. Blessed be He forever and ever. Baruch Hashem liyelam v'Ad. And the wife would always say. Gebenched is ein Heilig genommen. Blessed, praised is His holy name. And it was His birthday, He went out to the field to meditate and to go over His life, to rethink what one does on a birthday, retrospect, to look through what they did all their year, how, how much they accomplished and what they have to repent for. And I started to say to Hillem, with all these special Kabbalistic unifications that there is, that I knew, and suddenly Elio Anavi was standing there smiling. Interesting, said the way the Bashemtiv tells the story as a child, in a child's mind dies, sixteen years old. He says, I knew it was Elio Anavi because we've met before. We met in the houses of the tzaddikim. I always saw him coming with the Lamed Vav tzaddikim. However, he never came to me alone. And here in the Yohanov, he came to me myself and was smiling at me. I didn't know why. And the Yohanov, he said, You are sitting here with all the holy names and all the kavanas with Dover HaMelech himself. But you should know that the innkeeper, Aaron Shlemer, and his wife, Zlata Rivke, when they say, Baruch Hashem, the Elam Void, or Gigleipt is the Elikinomin, they reach higher than the greatest Sadiq does with his Telem. And then Yohanavi explained to me at that time, says the Bashem Tov, the greatness of praising God's name. And I therefore embarked on my mission of life to have people praise God's name. To hear a person say, Baruch Hashem. And I would ask people their name just so they would say, Baruch Hashem. I would ask how they are so that they should say, Baruch Hashem. The Alter Rebbe, Shnei Zalman. The name Shnei Or is Shnei Er, two lights. Although the Alter Rebbe considered himself a grandson to the Balshemtov, and the birth of the Alter Rebbe in his own right is a story. How his father, Baruch, 
toiled, and how he had been a chassid of the Bashemtiv and the tefillahs that he had gone to the Bashemtiv, and the amount of times he asked for a bracha by the Bashemtiv until the Bashemtiv finally granted him the bracha of this neshama chadasha, this new soul to come down into the world. And to enlighten the world. And to tell the world that yes, Nigla the Teda is important, but the Nista the Teda, without Nigla and Nista together, the world cannot exist. And therefore, the Altarebbe began the new trend, a new step up of Chsidis, where although he was the author of the Altarebbe's Shokhanarach, he's also, also the author of the Tanya Kadisha. The Holy Tanya, which ultimately is the Teda Shaviksav of Chsidis. And as we mentioned in the beginning of tonight's Shir, how the Alter Rebbe, when he would read words of Teda, the words were so holy and so pure that you could never hear anything that didn't sound like it was pure. Even a kalala in the Teda for the Alter Rebbe was a bracha. I had a story that I wanted to tell about with the Bashem himself, with his Hasidim, but I believe that we have overextended our hour. Hashem spoke though of the Al-Tarebbe by his option on a condition that they bring him with nobody else knowing about this and they leave immediately after the Hashem cuts his hair They also cannot reveal the identity, Bashenta's identity, to their son. So, in essence, we say that the Altarebbe never really met the Bashenta. There was tremendous simcha by the Bashenta. On the day the Altarebbe was born, Bashenta did not say Tachlan. And the next, and no one knew why. It was only later that Hashem uh, revealed that the new neshama had come down into the world. This neshama chadasha that came into the world, and that was now going to take over the world and prepare it properly for Mashiach. And so, the schus of the Shnei Ameiris, the Baal Shem Hakadosh, and the Alter Rebbe, we should actually be able to merit that this Chayel. We should be able to go from strength to strength. And it should be immediately, as the Rebbe says, a miyad Roshitavis, Mesha, Yasef, and David, Gail Rishen, Gail Akrain, and Vehuya Galena Bimheda Viamena. We should go 
with the Rebbe Melech HaMashiach Yerushalayim and HaKedosh on this very Shabbos. L'chaim, l'chaim. L'chaim, l'chaim.